Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more, this is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. I'm joined by my co-host and fellow superhero, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing the new DC superhero film, Black Adam. This came out recently, written by Adam Sitzkiel, Rory Haynes, and Saurabh Nashavrani. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Probably wrong. And directed by Wame Colette Sarah. So... We have been waiting quite patiently for this huge move by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who's been teasing us. It's like seven, eight years now ago, we got announced that Black Adam was going to be happening. And finally have it coming out. A huge movie, and especially for, as he had uh, quite claimed, the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change. So... Before we move on, this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. If you've not gone and seen the movie, go see it. Come back, listen to our review. So, Taylor, what is a brief synopsis of Black Adam? So, um, in an ancient fictional city of Kadak, um, Teth Adam, he was bestowed by these almighty powers of the gods. Uh, very similar to uh, the same powers that would be bestowed upon Shazam. After using these powers for vengeance... He's imprisoned, um, and 5,000 years have passed, and then he's uh, become man to myth, and then he's released. Uh, now he's free. Um, he's using his own form of unique justice of his rage, um, challenging not only to help me free Kardak, but also, or Kodak, excuse me, but also uh, being challenged by modern day heroes in the forms of the Justice Society of America. Uh, so this, uh, yeah. Chris and I, we were, we were pretty, we were pretty pumped about this film ever since seeing Shazam and knowing this character was out there. And like you said, not just we, but uh, <laughs> uh, Dwayne Johnson has been waiting patiently to unearth this character. Uh, so 
this is a great review because we both got to actually watch this together in theaters in its glory. Uh, and uh, it was awesome. Uh, I just got to say one of the one words that comes to mind. Um, Black Adam is what would I consider like an antihero kind of like I think, you know, Venom and Marvel and, and some of these other ones where it kind of kind of blurs the line. Um, but he um, this this villain, he's very brutal especially in the comics so it was interesting to see how they were going to bring this to the theaters i thought for a pg-13 film number one uh the violence i was very surprised at was uh pretty brutal it's almost very similar you see with maybe like an indiana jones film or something like that where it's not quite gory but it's uh it's pretty brutal some of these fatalities <laughs> yeah they they don't shy away from the fact that black adam kills people and he's powerful and a lot of them <laughs> And he's very powerful. I mean, the first first teaser we ever got with Black Adam, which is straight from the first kind of big scene with him, is he's summoned in this cave and there's a bunch of mercenaries. And one goes up to try to like, you know, hey, buddy, hey, buddy. And he just turns around, choke grabs him, picks him up off the ground and electrocutes him to death. And then you literally see the body evaporate into bones. And then he chokes the <laughs> the neck. And the skull like falls onto the ground. And again, yeah, it's not gory. You're not seeing like the blood. Really, there's like no blood throughout the whole movie, but there's just a lot of bodies being flown around, electrocuted, you know, just demolished in like a second. And I actually really did enjoy that because I think it gives, you have to give some true nod to what his powers are and the fact that he comes from this kind of point of revenge. Because really the whole backstory of this, yeah, this ancient civilization and under kind of like this tyranny rule and they're trying to find this, they're trying to find this material and it's, um, this material, I guess, has a connection to magic. And so you could tell that one, it's like the, the one kid that's like fed up with the whole system. He, in the point of almost danger, gets like protected by the wizards and is like chosen very much how like Billy was in Shazam in this one moment of like, Oh gosh. But you find out that the, the twist later in the movie is that you think that's the rock grown up. It's actually his son. And so in a point of, you know, he became the, the champion for this, the city that at some point the rocks, which actually they did some really fun stuff with during the ancient time, the rock being the father it was like he wasn't as bulky as he usually is so they did some he wasn't the rock he was the pebble (laughs) he was the pebble (laughs) um yeah it was like he wasn't as big and the fact that the the son decided to give up his powers to save his father was a very interesting thing because it's a it's a big it's twist, right, Chris? Yeah, yeah it's, and it's a good twist yeah. because I'm not I don't know how versed you are in the DC comic lore, but I I believe I was like you know reading up because uh, I was like I want to know a little more of this Black Adam character. Um, he actually very similar to Billy, who becomes Shazam. It was a kid, and because he's bestowed, he's pretty much you know immortal. And there's like in the comics where he does like someone takes his powers, and because he's over five thousand years. Basically, you know, disintegrates. <laughs> he's a uh, age too much. So I thought that was a good twist and a way to, um, then obviously, hopefully, we're we'll seeing the future. You have uh, Shazam and Black Adam kind of go head to head because they are 
um, two polar opposites. Yeah, and actually, I really did like the imagery of the wizards in here uh, to show, like, obviously we have the one from Shazam, but we have, like, seven of them and how their powers kind of start to black at them, if you will. But, yeah, once once the powers got shifted over, the sun got shot by an arrow and dies, so then Black Adam kind of goes into the big temple and just blows it up. And so you get the fact that he he does come from this place of revenge. So when we get to modern day and he's been summoned back 5,000 years later, it's very much a typical superhero formula movie. Like, this doesn't take any punches or swings away from like the like it's like our main character is summoned back there are bad guys in the city there's one who funny enough literally we, we were sitting in the theater we're like that's the bad guy that guy died instantly and we're like no that's the bad guy um we have marlon kanzara here as ishmael who if you remember him we uh talked about his uh although he was good good actor he's a good actor um, we weren't as fans of him for the live-action Aladdin as Jafar because of the high-pitched voice. Um, bring me the lamb. Bring me a salad. Yeah. Uh, go back. You'll send that review. It's pretty funny. But he is um, kind of our main bad guy in this, and he's after this crown. And this crown is embedded with this magical material from Kondok. So you can kind of see, like, oh, if he gets the crown... He probably will become something that could actually be quite a threat. The other big element of this movie that I actually think is some of the best parts of the movie, it really is like if you look at this movie highlights from The Rock, the Justice Society, and the action. So we do have the Justice Society with these four members. We have Aldous Hodge's Hawkman. We have, of course, uh, Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Uh, we have Noah Centineo as Adam Smasher. And then we have um, Quintessa Swindell as Cyclone. And this is actually really cool because these are four characters that have not been on the big screen yet. And they kind of work as this tag team under Viola Davis, Amanda Waller, to go in and basically control the unit that is Black Adam. Basically, like, we have to submerge him because he could go crazy. Yeah, and we, and we needed we, we couldn't really get the uh, <laughs> Justice League in there. So I was like, well, we got to get someone who's going to be um, just as powerful um, and righteous. And it, it's cool. I mean, like, obviously Hawkman, he has some very cool weapons and his wings, and he's, like, the leader of the group. Uh, Doctor Fate is very similar to, like, a Doctor Strange, um, can do all these mystical telekinesis powers, can see the future. We have Adam Smasher, which actually was... It's like Ant-Man, essentially. Like, Except that I don't think he can go small. He can just go really, really big, which was cool. And then Cyclone actually was really cool because she can manipulate wind. And she can do like Cyclones and like throw stuff. And and there was just fun banter between the four of them. I felt like they really gave the movie a good point of energy. And sometimes when you have a superhero film, if a superhero or supervillain is just fighting a bunch of like thugs and like mercenaries, it gets a little boring. You need someone on the same level with powers, with a suit. And this is where they were like, if we don't want to quite bring in the big leagues yet of Justice League, we need something that's going to enhance the film. And I thought they did that very well because it's not only just for the action, but the 
the acting scenes and how the, the plot is driven. But again, this whole thing is very typical because it's like they're coming in to try to take him down. Multiple fight scenes, they keep kind of coming to a draw. Eventually, he gives in and is like, all right, I will submerge. I'll say, I'll say Shazam, so I'll never become, you know, this crazy person again. And then a bad guy becomes something much bigger in the third act. We need our hero back to yeah, exactly. fight off. You know, it's a very typical thing where this movie got annoying. And Taylor, we're going to talk about it. Well, half annoying, half enjoyable. We have like our three main human characters that are along for the journey. We have this kid who was just annoying to me. And I think it's it's not, I'm not blaming the kid and his acting. I'm blaming the writing because he comes off like this all know it all, you know, about, about superheroes. Well, yeah, if you're going to make it, if you're going to make a person super, uh, uh, <laughs> know it all just put it plaster his room and posters of superheroes but i will say there's a funny scene where he's kind of wrecking house in his room and he's oh, destroying, that was so funny. and they're destroying all these posters like like you said it's a little bit like literally we're messing up the hierarchy here but i, I agree teasing and, what's to what's to come yeah i agree also what the kid was kind of annoying is they had this whole thing with the skateboard like this is like his ultra Always. weapon and it was like uh, <laughs> it made me laugh this is why i don't like skateboards Literally, he rides a skateboard around five minutes, steps and stairs, five minutes. I'm like, what's the point of the skateboard? You're barely, <laughs> it was like a little annoying. But his, um, the character plays his, um, his uncle and his mom. I thought they were great. The, the dad, uh, the uncle had a really good comic relief. And then um, the mom, uh, um, I believe, her, um, played by uh, Sarah Shahi. Uh, she, I've seen her in a lot of uh, stuff before, a particular person of interest. I thought this was great to do that. And this also was great because you're seeing, um, some great representation of actors uh, for this film. Although this is set in a fictional uh, Middle Eastern country, I thought they did a very good job with that casting as well and kind of setting up this kind of general conflict. But yeah, that that stuff with the kid really, really kind of annoyed me. Well, I was just always like, a skateboard's not that fast. And yeah. he always seemed how to did, be... How do you get to one The way they the filmed other? it, he always looked like he was going like two miles per hour. And I was yeah. like, how is, he get, how is he getting away from stuff? But like I said, there is this moment in the film where we kind of feel like the we feel like the 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 conflict has ended, and Black Adam does choose to say Shazam. He becomes back to his weaker form of the father from ancient times, and he's taken to this huge underground prison essentially. And we do get a little, you know, we get this little cameo: Jennifer Holland, um, Amelia Harcourt, uh, back from Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad. And what was kind of a cool moment was it is just like, looks like it's like in the Arctic or Antarctica. It's submerged underground and he's put into like this water tank and then like it zooms out and there's like hundreds of these things. And you're like, like a creepy, uh, creepy Indiana Jones thing. Like, oh my God, there's yeah. all these other. So that was a so really who's, good. Who's team. in there? Yeah. Cause that could well be whether a future moment in a series or a film what's in there like what are the characters are have been you know basically put under water for now and are just being hybrid you know, hibernation really essentially so that was a cool like what is this where, where we haven't seen this yet but like i said the crown moment ishmael does get the crown he puts it on it fries him so we think and then he becomes sabak so he becomes this like ultimate demon like if 
if there's the magic side that Black Adam and Shazam would have. There's also like these demons that control kind of like the underground. Uh, it was like almost like the upside down in a way. It was kind of a cool. It was a cool image how they had him like, you know, there was the whole thing on the crowd said like, the pathway to life is death, but it was like the pathway to death is life. So it was like opposite. So he he gets reborn as this like uber god, if you will. And the thing was, he did very much look like how Jafar turns into a genie, which. I was like, this looks too much like Jafar. That yeah, it was like, well, we got really? the casting, we got the, the, the okay, the template, and they could have done, a, I think, a lot better with that design. And that's where kind of, and you said the kind of goofiness, but also the budget where the CGI kind of failed. I thought like everything else was good with the CGI with Hawkman and all that. This is where I was like, really? Let's, okay, we put all the money in the third half, the, the first, you know, three quarters, the last quarter, eh. And then you have this thing where he has these demon skeleton army. And they kind of just show up where I wish they like kind of come out of the ground and more creepy. They could have made those a little bit more kind of creepy. And you tease where in the upside down or this hellscape he's he was reborn from, you're teasing all these other demons. But why why aren't why aren't they rising up? Why aren't they coming up? And then you have the kid as the leader, and you got the whole town, the whole city just coming around with pipes and like, oh, let's yeah, fight off pipes and and umbrellas. Like, yeah, I was like, that we'll was take him out. And yeah, it was just like none of the skeletons really formed like a threat they just seemed like they were there because they needed to kill time because we couldn't we couldn't just put a lot of money into the cgi of sabak and yeah because earlier in the film although i will say a little bit too ridiculous amount but it, it kind of goes to those quicksilver scenes in the x-men franchise we have some slow-mo that even Zack snyder would be like all right guys let's pick it up there, there's some fun scenes to show how much Black Adam can do because of his power. And there's like these crazy, ridiculous slow motion scenes. And I think that, yeah, maybe they had to kind of rush some of the stuff in the third act. Because, yeah, I, what I was surprised by is why didn't they just do like some awesome makeup and like, you know, take the actor and really enhance him instead of having like, motion capture and like cgi because he does he looks like this devil dude with like two horns yeah like Hell, hellboy and... had a had a love child with you know yeah it's like, it's like hellboy's cousin <laughs> but anyway it is kind of a cool fight scene they're fighting they're duking it out and eventually there's this moment where i, I did love the kind of continued trend throughout of the kid you know against the fish out of water story teaching him like you gotta have a catchphrase you know tell him the, the man in black sent you and he finally gets it right in the end. And it was like a very epic moment where he's like, he he pulls Sabak way up into the sky. Oh my gosh. He's like, Tom, the man in black sent you. And he just rips him in half. Like literally you see straight down the center, rips this dude in half and kills him, uh, which was epic. And it, it the film kind of ends on this note of like, well, are you going to be the ruler of us now? And he does sit on the throne for like a second. And he's like, how's it feel? Not right. And then he zooms up in the sky and he destroys the throne. And it's like, okay. So he's like, I'm not here to be a conqueror or like, you know, this city needs a hero, which already has heroes, but it does need a protector. So like the film kind of ends with, again, it's that typical formula of like, he, he well could have moments where he would be angry at certain people if they come into conduct and mess up stuff, he's the protector of that city. He's back. You know, like, well, you can't be Teth Adam anymore. What should we call you? 
the typical slow motion look up. I know, and he gets the smile, the, the and rock blackout, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And again, it's like it's cheesy, but we kind of love those things because it's like, oh, it's Black Adam. But we're not done. No, we're not. Although this is like we're doing a spoiler review, this has been spoiled for everyone, so it's not like this is a surprise. But it is a huge. It means a huge moment for the the future of the DCU because we've not had Superman for a long time, and this was a huge issue from the previous owners of Warner Brothers. You idiots! Because um, Man of Steel was so awesome, and even though BVS and Joss Whedon's Justice League didn't perform, we 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 even had Superman, who really is the you know main figure. It's like if you think of DC, it's Superman and Batman. And we've had these great side characters in other films, but it's like Henry Cavill's been kind of in limbo for so long. We were like, is he still Superman? Is he done? What's going on? So we get this post-credit scene where Black Adam, there's like a drone and it's Viola Davis and it's like, Black Adam. So you're here now. Look, if you step a foot out of Condar, I'm going to come and uh, I'm going to bring some people to take you down. He's like, no one on this planet can take me down. Well, I can call anyone off planet in a second. He's like, send them all. Um, which that just kind of teases like that would be a great movie of like all these off world people coming to try to take down Black Adam. But out of the mist, out of the shadow, we see a caped figure and we get a little bit. You can hear a little bit of John Williams score like done in, in like a different style. And then walking through, we do get Henry Cavill. Uh, as Superman, a little bit brighter costume than maybe Man of Steel, and he has a little bit more of the, the kind of old school with like the curl, the curl, you know. Yeah. But um, that was a big moment. I mean, it wasn't very long. It was like you know, uh, people have not been this nervous on this planet in a while. It was kind of like what he said, like we should talk. So I think it's just the implication that the Rock's been teasing Black Adam's going to fight Superman at some point, and I'm sure. Shazam and I think the thing is even though he comes off as a hero in this film if someone was to go against what he stands for in his city or I mean I'm sure he could be manipulated there's a lot of things that black I think the idea is that when he gets too riled up gets too angry he becomes this explosive force and And it's like you can't control you see in the film like it's it went a little too far so yeah it's teased enough almost a nuclear level like he can blow up and destroy a whole thing so i will say for the it is cheesy it's a very typical formula but the visuals were awesome and rock did very well the justice society the action is what sells this movie. It is fun. It's stupid. It's loud. It's crazy. It's what you want from a blockbuster DC movie that's not really going to have like, it's not a lot of depth, but you don't care. It's just popcorn. And I feel like we haven't had a DC movie like this since like Aquaman, where like it's just loud and crazy. And you're like, this is an awesome time. And I think with moving forward, we have Shazam 2 coming up, which looks the same. And then getting into the Flash and Aquaman 2 moving forward. I think we're going to see a resurgence for DC, which has been very all over the place, as we've talked about in previous podcasts. So for me, Black Adam, it was a good time. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. Hey, uh, controversial some. I'm going to do the same thing. I agree. Um, 
I'm just going to add to, I love the cameos. I love the connection to the Suicide Squad. My old Dallas is Amanda Waller, lover, got hardcore, and a lot of good teases for the future. And, and that was, great moment of Henry Winkler was so funny. <laughs> the original Adam Smash. That was a great yeah. bit of Adam, Adam Smash. He's like, uh, he's my uncle, and I, I borrowed his suit. And he's like, look, that suit is vintage. Do not mess it up. <laughs> Yes, that was that was another good one. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, so so many good cameos, uh, really good humor, and a good way to introduce uh, some other characters of the DC uh, comics. So eight out of ten for us. Why don't you uh, tell us your thoughts? See if you uh, line up with us. Go check out Black Adam on the biggest screen possible. That is now in theaters, IMAX for sure. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.